with Harry Broadhurst and Tony Asterio. You know, as much as I would appreciate getting to the old music from the WWF Attitude video game, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, including the fact that tonight was the Ragsies. <clears throat> yes, it was. <laughs> and I was a presenter, no less. Yeah, it came out all suited up. I, I poured out a do for my homie. <laughs> wow, I am, I am too white to ever say that again. I'll allow it. Anywho, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Raw... See, this is what happens when we go on a delay. I call the show by its old name. I'm all kinds of flustered this evening. All right, let's try this again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the reaction presented to you by Powerhouse Radio. My name, assuming I can get that correct, is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual is 401 Mania's Tony Acero. Tony, how was your weekend? Pretty good. <clears throat> Do we wish to discuss your activities of one Saturday evening? Um, well, I met a friend who had a friend who had never been to a strip club, and um, I thought I would be a jerk if I didn't at least help them out. So I took a female to a strip club to get, in her words, booty in my face. This Seems is the life legit. I live. And joining us this week, I don't know how to follow that up, so I'm just going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Joining us this week from the Yes, Yes, Yes Facebook group, Warren Freeman. Warren, Hello. can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, you're, you're actually on air now. I had you muted while we were doing our show intro. Oh, okay. Well, it's nice to be on air now. Uh, Tony, it's, finally, it's nice to finally meet you. I'm a fan of your work. Oh, thank you. Yep. And I've been listening to the uh, to the reaction for a few weeks now, and I'm, I figured I would, you know, love to be a part of it one episode, and you get, Harry was gracious enough to let me on, and I do appreciate him for that. Well, it I'm wasn't just me. You. Tony had a say in it as well. And well, yeah. you too, Tony. I, I appreciate both of you. Well, I said thank no, you. but um, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, I don't give a crap. <laughs> All right, so we actually do have a lot to get to in a very short time to get to it. Don't worry, we actually have the full 90 minutes this time. I swear I didn't screw that up. All, right, All the crap I gave, gave Jay Aletto when he did it to us, and we had to reschedule it to the Wednesday, and then I go ahead and do it yesterday for the one that was supposed to start at 1130. I'm freaking <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. So what do you guys right. say we get to it? Let's let's talk about Raw, shall we? <clears throat> yes, let's, let's get cracking. Alright, so tonight the WWE decided it would be a genius idea to load an already loaded go-home show for tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs by putting the slammies involved in it as well. And the way that Tony, the way you phrased it to me in the format here is Slammies, hit or miss. So I'll let you go ahead and touch on that. Um, well, the award show itself is always a fun concept. 
so fun, in fact, that I used it for the raw report itself. So I want to say that it was um, – it's it's another one of those things where it can be utilized immensely for storyline purposes. It could also be used as a way to kind of give back to both the fans and the superstars themselves. Um, it could be a tool to promote certain things. And I have to say that tonight it didn't do any of that. Um, it was kind of like pointless to a, to a degree. Uh, the only one that they that I feel that they used to springboard someone or attempt to was the one that was the most blatant and obvious, that only pissed the crowd off. Not the crowd, but a lot of fans, which would be the Roman Reigns um, win, which I just didn't see happening, nor do I believe it. So what I mean is if you're going to use this as a catalyst for storyline development, for advancement in, in any type of feud, then it'd be great. But the things that we saw tonight didn't advance anything. And in some cases, it kind of retreated back. Like, no one wants to see Fandango and Jericho again. And so there was really no reason for that particular moment to happen, you know? Uh, the big thing for me in regards to that, and I completely agree with where you came from in the Roman Reigns thing, I don't know if you were involved on Yes, because I know you had your hands kind of full with the... Uh, with the Raw report and the Ragsies going on at the same time, but yes, exploded when they announced Reigns as Superstar of the Year, and nobody was buying it. Yeah, I can say I don't believe that at all. That was horrible. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just getting started, though. It, it'll get worse. Yeah. Trust me. That's that's what <laughs> scares me, frankly. Um. I also agree with you on the uh, Fandango-Jericho thing. There was absolutely no reason for Fandango to come out and accept Jericho's word on his behalf, especially since Jericho, they could have used that as the perfect opportunity to let everybody know that Jericho's coming back next week as the guest host, and they could have presented Jericho with his slamming next week, rather than bringing up an outdated feud, which did nothing to help launch the career of Fandango. No. Um, and just the, a, lot of the, the, a lot of the awards were kind of... Um, uh, I don't know. It just seemed. It seemed like. I mean, did did you think RVD gave a damn? You got this guy who like bled for years for a company oh, no. coming out and giving an award to someone who did a crossbody off of a cage. Which I'm not saying it wasn't cool to see Jericho do. I'm not saying it wasn't an awesome moment. But was, was it really extreme? And is RVD sitting there saying like, "What the fuck am I even doing here?" <laughs> like, <clears throat> there's just a lot that could have. This could have, uh, similar to many storylines that I've that I've talked about, this could have been something. It simply wasn't. And you could tell just in RVD's body language, it's just his expression. He really didn't want to be there. He didn't care at all. I he probably did agree. it for the check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I will touch on this a little bit further. Van Dam being there does explain the reason that Harper and Rowan was put on Raw. Trust me, I will be going off on that a little bit later on in the show. Hmm. Oh, okay. Just consider that a little bit of a table setter here. Um, do you think there's a use for the Slammies in this day and age, or do you think this is something that maybe the, they should do for the fans, but do it on .com? Let Joey Styles and, and company up at .com run it. Um, no, no, I'm telling you, this in the right place. First of all, don't put it a week, you know, the, the, the last show before a pay-per-view. Don't do that. That's a horrible idea. But secondly, if you're going to do it, then if it's going to be a show that gives back, then you're wasting a raw. If it's going to be a show that is 
simultaneously an award show as well as a storyline advancement tool, then it could work immensely. This could create feuds. This could this could be the shampoo of a new Booker T and and you know so, I'm sorry of a new Edge and this could be the <clears throat> the forward. This could be a reason to fight. Um, they said it in the podcast. You don't want. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't want just two dudes out there wrestling for no reason. As minuscule as a slammy is, it could also be made the biggest deal in the world to someone. Um, you know, well, the, I, they, I I can completely see the uh, I can completely see the slammy that Miz took off of Mizdow, the one that Mizdow won for what was Mizdow's for Law Moment of the Year, the LOL Moment of the Year. I can completely see that slammy that Miz took off of Mizdow being a catalyst for them to eventually end up feuding with each other down the road. Once they drop the tag titles too. Mhm. Could that possibly be a match at WrestleMania? I'm fully expecting it to. Hmm. And in addition, we saw Owen Hart, God rest his soul, use the Slammies as a career advancement tool for the better part of about three years. Mhm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's good to be had with the Slammies, but it goes back to what you were just saying, Tony, in that you don't cram the Slammies in on an episode for a go-home of a Monday Night Raw for a pay-per-view, and especially a pay-per-view that traditionally is one of their better shows. I, I don't know about you guys, and this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm actually going to be there. TLC has traditionally been one of the better pay-per-views since it's come into existence. Yeah, I now, believe... Granted, I believe that the uh, the chairs match is retarded, and I'm pretty sure that that's a pretty prevalent opinion. But when you have the TLC match, when you have the ladder match, and when you have the tables match, those are three matches that WWE fans get excited about, and especially to be able to have them all on the same evening. What is the point of a chairs match or a steel steps match? What what do you do exactly in a in a steps match in a stairs match? It's the usage of the stairs and the chairs are legal, whereas in a traditional one-on-one singles match, they would not be. Kind of like the chain match that Kane and Snitsky had back at the Taboo Tuesday a couple years back, like 2004, 2005. Same thing. Yeah, but they ended up using the chair. Anyway, for the finish, Kane and Snitsky. Regardless, (laughs) you understand my point. Right. All right. Um, hey, Tony, I got a question for you. What's that? Despite everything that they tried to cram in with the Slammies as well, how was your how was your libations during the course of the evening? Were you able to stay hydrated? <clears throat> it was tough. I'm sure I could use another drink. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and pop a top for you right now. Nice. Um, so I wanted to take this opportunity see every week that we've every week for a long time now um, Harry has always been the one to um, give Sandow a lot of credit and I have to kind of piggyback off of his compliments and say yeah I agree and this time I kind of wanted to start first and give Sandow a moment from my own personal opinion and view this is a perfect example of something that you just it's, it's not that you don't see it it's just a rarity that you do see it an organic growth of a superstar based not on um, what is given to them, but what they make of what's given to them. And I'm referring, of course, to Damian Sandow and his um, just complete owning of the role that is stuntman to The Miz. He's doing everything just awesomely. And um, 
he's so much that he got an award tonight, which of course wasn't given to him. You're, I'm seeing, and and this is the thing. The, it's the littlest things in his character growth. Um, the littlest things in his character that that really matters, such as when um, he's being announced as the winner, he kind of gives that shrug, like, eh, you know, this is my job. I'm Miz is going to take it, whatever, whatever. But you can see it growing from the little handing of the fake card to saying, come on, just take it. Just help me out here. To the selling of the moves, to you can see the dissension eventually happening. And I'm so, this is one of those things where you want a slow burn. And I'm really excited about it. I'm loving the way it goes. And Miz, to his credit, is playing the role perfectly. He, he the crowd said Miz now, and he said Miz now. Like, come on. See, that That's not, that's not gold, because it's, it's almost obvious. But it's to the point where that's the Miz's mindset right now, where as a character, he's so self-absorbed that he doesn't even hear the chants that are going for someone else. It's awesome. Well, another thing, too, in in that regard as well, is I also appreciate the multi-layering that Miz is bringing to the performance as well and the fact that they're managing to work other things in, like we discussed last week with the uh, the Naomi business card and how Miz Dow handed her the invisible business card here. And now they're extending the Naomi thing here, and Miz is able to flawlessly work these other elements into his story with him and Ms. Dow's tag title reign, in addition to help Ms. Dow getting over as the arrogant douche that he is. Warren, your thoughts? I just like the fact that they're um, involving Naomi in the storyline because it's more than just the Usos going after the tag titles. It's some death involved, and I really appreciate that. I seem to remember Jimmy Christopher saying that exact same thing last week. It's nice to see them actually using the Divas to further storylines in ways that you don't traditionally see them used anymore. Not to mention, I would say it's a pretty safe bet that Naomi could probably hold her own in the ring against The Miz. I would agree with <laughs> that. I just real quick here, because of the way that he opened his view, I just real quick here want to point out the way that Tony phrased this in the format. Do number one, the can I talk about Sandow this time moment? <laughs> it, it's like you phrased it as a slammy category. Yeah, I've been doing that a lot tonight. <clears throat> well, it's it's all the it's all the things you had to do with the Raggies. Yeah. So I'm looking through our sound bag, and you remember the comment the the comment that we just had about uh about Roman Reigns winning the Superstar of the Year slamming. Greg had some really cool bumpers. I think this one fits. Patrick, this is Leanne Marie, and I just wanted to say that I love Patrick Adele. Oh, oh no, the snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Tulsi Realist Patrick Adele, bullshit, the report of the week. I have a sound bank here. I might as well use it. <laughs> that was good. Anywho, uh, usually at this particular point, we go into our quick kits, but before we do that, uh, our guest is on, is on the phone, Tony, our traditional oh. call-in right about now. Okay. So let's go ahead and give him a few moments. Hey, John, yeah. can you hear me? 
Yes, sir. I can hear ya. How you doing? Hi. All right, we got a loaded show, man, so I can give you a few moments. So go ahead and hit us. What's on your mind from tonight's Raw? I think Monday Night Raw was pretty good because of the Slammy Awards. Some some awards I liked, some awards I didn't like on the pre-show. I, I could have chosen the Yes Movement over the RKO, which, by the way, someone did a pretty good job of doing that on YouTube. Might have to meet the guy <laughs> who did that. <laughs> Those Vine, pretty, those Vine videos are pretty damn funny, I gotta say. Yeah, me too. What the hell? Okay, oh, okay, oh, out of nowhere! And, um, would have given, I would have given Daniel Bryan the, uh, Superstar of the Year twice, but I think Roman Reigns deserves it more than Daniel Bryan. I really do hmm. think Roman Reigns deserves it. Okay, you're going to have to explain this one because I could not disagree more. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to I think, I think the reason why Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan's been out for so long, they needed someone to fill the gap, and that was Roman Reigns. And now he's out, out for probably a week, for at least a week until he comes back, which, by the way, uh, I'm hoping he wins the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> Cheap plug, I did. (laughs) As far as Roman Reigns and Superstar of the Year, you mentioned the fact that they used Roman Reigns to help fill the void left by Daniel Bryan. But in actuality, the man that actually filled the void that was left by Daniel Bryan was more so Dean Ambrose than it was Roman Reigns because of the fact that Reigns had his hernia right when he was starting to get put into a major storyline with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Speaking Speaking of Ambrose, how about that entrance in that ambulance? with the smoke and the chair. Oh. And I mentioned this to people on the radio. He must have been smoking with RVD. Just kidding, just kidding. Oh. Oh. RVD and Seth? I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I, I was just I making a joke. Uh, well, what were your thoughts about the way Raw went off the air with the whole brawl that broke out at the very end of the show there, John? Uh, something to look out for at TLC because there are eight mean individuals and they just want to tear each other up from limb to by God limb. Chairs, stairs, tables, ladders. They're going to break each other in half. Do you think they did a, do you think they did a sufficient job of selling everybody on the show with that last segment? Yeah. I think I think they did I think the writers did well with that. But the only thing I would have seen was one one person standing tall, not like six people, just one person standing tall in the carnage. Well, we I mean What? Technically Go speaking, ahead. you did have one guy standing tall when you had Seth Rollins putting Cena his opponent for tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs through the table, which would win his match at the show. Yeah. I don't see Seth Rollins winning that match. I think Super we'll, is going to win this match. We'll get more into our thoughts on the show a little bit later on with the predictions this evening. But I did, I did mention one thing before God I go. Right. Seth Rollins and Paul Heyman. Now, could that be something in the near future we could see? Seth Rollins and Paul Heyman hooked up. Uh, Tony, you want to handle this one? 
<clears throat> uh, I don't know if they're going to be linked up. If anything, then they'll be on they'll be on either side of the table, not necessarily the same, um, you know, grouping. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad pairing. I think that there are certain people that if you team with Heyman, Heyman will suck the heat away from them rather than help them. Case in point would be Cesaro, and I think Rollins would be another one of those. You need to let these guys flourish and make the name for themselves so that teaming with Heyman brings something to the table more so than removes something. All right, Harry, Tony, I'll talk to you guys next Monday night, and uh, right. hope you guys enjoy TLC. Likewise, John, we'll talk to you next Monday, buddy. Tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my. Yep, all right. Oh, my. Bye-bye. Have a good night, John. Um, in regards to what John just touched on, in regards to what John just touched on there, real quick, the uh, the only thing that I really want to add to that whole Heyman and and Rollins thing is I've we've touched on this before as to whether or not we felt that Seth Rollins would be a good eventual opponent for Brock Lesnar. I think Tony and I both agreed that we don't think that he would because he hasn't been established nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the fact that they had Rollins attack. Lesnar back at night at champions during the course of the Lesnar Cena title defense. I just don't imagine that Rollins is on the level where your typical WWE fan, your your non IWC fan, your non smart fan, your non your non ROH fan as well, just won't see Seth Rollins on Brock Lesnar's level right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that you're going to be touching on that uh, that segment with Ambrose and Rollins a little, uh, or excuse me, Am- Ambrose and Wyatt a little bit later with the smoking ambulances. But um, given the fact that we're trying to work as much into the show as we are, what do you guys say we hit quick hits? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Hold on. Give me one quick second here. Give me a quick hit second here. <laughs> that was horrible. I'm sorry. Oh, I get it. Okay. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Bang. All right, we'll just take a moment or two to discuss each of these things here since we have so much to get to still, and we especially still have to get to our predictions a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Rollins Ziggler that opened the show. Oddly timed commercial break aside, I thought it was okay, but I really think that these two could do a lot more with more focused time frame and a more focused storyline on them. It was a nice tease of what could eventually be here, but at the same time, I think it was kind of wasted potential tonight. Tony? Yeah, I agree. I mean, in watching the match, you were, well, I was kind of hoping for more. Um, it was one of those things where you see on paper and you're thinking, yep, this is going to be amazing. And, uh, of course, I didn't see it on paper because I was writing it uh, while it happened. But <clears throat> it was just one of those moments where you really, really wanted a little bit more by the time the match ended. And we didn't get it. So it's a, it was a teaser enough to where you want to see it again. But um, it wasn't so much where you were kind of uh, like um, like disappointed that you got too much of it. Uh, sometimes when they do this, like an example would be Harper and Rowan. That is a match that I think should have had a bit more importance to it, especially if you had Bray Wyatt earlier this week saying that the Wyatt family did not break up. Um, complete contradiction on the show, Bray Wyatt. But... um. <laughs> Um, you know, when you have that, when you have something as big as that, at least big to us, then you kind of want a little bit more. Um, whereas Ziggler and, and Rollins, we've seen it before, and it isn't so bad to the point where 
Um, I mean, we haven't seen it so many times where we're tired of it, but we've seen it before to the point where it's not that new. And these guys are good enough to where it would still seem fresh. So, yeah, I agree with your sentiment about it being, you know, probably needing a little bit more. But at the same time, storyline purposes and the way that these all have been interwoven, then I think it was an okay, a good way to open the show. Warren, your thoughts? Um, I thought I thought those two always matched up well together, but I wrote down, I took some notes during the show, I wrote down that I thought that Ziggler losing was uh, basically killed some momentum for him this for this Sunday, I thought. That was the only problem I saw you know, with that, him losing the match. Well, the only problem with that is the fact that, the only problem with that is the fact that they do all these superstar versus superstar matches now, and realistically speaking, you're not going to have the DQ finishes in every single one of these matches without it causing a riot from both the paid attendants and the paid fans in attendance as well as the people watching at home. So you kind of have to sacrifice certain matches and certain finishes here. I think they did a good enough job using J&J Security to cause Ziggler the match that he doesn't come off looking weaker by proxy due to the fact that it was... I want to say it was Noble that pushed him off the ropes, and then he got caught with uh, with the curb stomp from there. Um, there was a moment. I don't know what – there was a small moment in the match where they kind of messed up, and um, I always like to highlight these moments, not because it's fun to see people fail. Um, I completely disagree with that aspect of Botchamania, but more so that they covered, a, covered it up really well. Um, there was a – I believe it was an attempt to do a uh, – a super kick, but it barely touched Seth um, Rollins. And then um, I don't know if it was supposed to hit him or not. I think it might have been. But either way, what happened was there's a there was a minute stall within the middle of the match, and then it ended up resulting in a DDT from Dolph that just kind of – it just showed that these two know what they're doing, and it's always good to see instead of someone just kind of standing there saying, like, what do I do, or a noticeable botcher – or even more so when someone oversells something, like that kick barely touched Rollins, and he sold it as such, instead of just flailing back and, you know, pretending that it did hit him. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. All right, uh, moving on. Kofi Kingston and Stardust to set up the pre-show match for tables, ladders, and chairs. Um... Warren, you want to go ahead and lead off with this one? Yeah, um, I wasn't really sure of the New Day gimmick, but from what I've seen, I'm starting to enjoy it. I thought the mattress was pretty good. I didn't have any problems with it. Um, everything seems smooth to me. And I was hoping that I we don't... would get some quarterback match, and I'm glad we're finally going to get it Sunday. My big thing here is I don't like the cross-body block as a finish. Kofi Why? has two very nice finishing moves in his repertoire. He has the SOS, that STO driver, and he has that Trouble in Paradise hurricane kick, both of which are visually impressive and look good on TV, whereas the simple crossbody block, it's just not something that you see used as a finish anymore. It's more of a mid-match transitional move. Yeah, but it, it's been known as a finisher. Steamboat used it. All right. Yes, and Steamboat in the house tonight, maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, Tony, your thoughts? Um, I, I will I will admit that it was a shock to win with the crossbody, but at the same time, Kofi, the, the amount of height that he got was pretty badass, so I kind of did a shrug and said, all right, well, I guess I can see that. Um, I As far as the concept of a new day, 
I think that they're excited enough to where we will get excited. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm not yet, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm feeling it. And I think that if they continue the build and they continue doing the little things, like, you know, Kofi changes the boom drop to New Day. They do the little pre, uh, post, uh, pre-match post little ritual and little things like that. They What they need, they need some promo time. They need They need something on the mic to... A, differentiate themselves from the characters that they had before, and B, differentiate themselves from each other so that we know that Biggie's the powerhouse with, you know, with no nonsense. We know that Xavier's pulling the strings. We know that Kofi is, you know, something that gives them other, something other than what we've seen through the, the vignettes that they've had beforehand. And I think that that'll all come. At least, I hope. Do you remember the old super? Hold on real quick here, Warren. Uh, Tony, do you remember the old, like, superstar vignettes where they would air the little promos during the course of the matches? Yeah. Do you think that might be something that they could use in order to help establish the different personalities of the New Day? It's possible, but I think that a lot of the the inner, the insert squared promos here have been used for people that are at the lower level to the point where it'll only place them in a spot that they they shouldn't be in. They need some actual mic time. I trust all three of them um, to do so. I think that all three are fully capable. Um, they'll be in the ring or backstage with Renee. I think that all three of them need something bigger than a little five-second, this is what I'm here for, this is what I'm doing. All right, go ahead, Warren. All right, Tony, I just wanted to tell you, they actually had some mic time on SmackDown last Friday, Each all three of them. What is this? What is this SmackDown you speak of? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't watch SmackDown that much either, but I just happened to. <laughs> no, and we only had hope for hopefully. SmackDown, so I missed it too. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get more of that, and I mean that is that is our fault, not necessarily um, the New Days. But look, they're putting they're putting more and more emphasis on SmackDown. I hope they keep it that way because it'll make us want to watch even more. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right, up next, the WWE in-ring debut and NXT R Evolution teaser. NXT Divas champion Charlotte Flair, yes, that Flair, took on Natalya. Um, Tony, go ahead and lead off here. It was cool to see. It was a nice surprise. It was a nice little shock. They've separated this from the last time they had NXT on Raw with enough time to make it feel special and important. Um they each got the time that they needed. You saw Charlotte. If you've never seen NXT, then you've seen her before, and you know exactly who she is, judging by the way she wrestled, as well as the uh, commentators, you know, basically telling you exactly what, who she is. Um, you also saw some growth with Natty and Tyson Kidd, which I think needs to happen. So it wasn't for one reason. It, it was it was a moment in which everyone involved had a proper place and proper advancement, which is something that, of course, I would appreciate. Uh, Warren, your thoughts on Charlotte and Natalia? Um, I enjoyed the match. I just don't think that, that uh, Charlotte should have lost, given the fact that she's defending her title Thursday on NXT TakeOver. I think she needed that momentum. I think she should have defeated Natalia. That, that, was, that was my only problem with it. See, I disagree with you, and the reason I disagree with you is because I don't think you want to put a developmental, and that's what NXT is, whether they want to call it that or not. I don't think you want to put a developmental diva over one of your main roster divas. Yeah, but and I can understand the, the I can uh, I can understand the reasoning behind protecting the title, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you're also able to advance the storyline here with Tyson and Natalia post match with Tyson completely douching out and stealing Natalia's thunder while she was celebrating on the turnbuckle, 
and you can tell that mm-hmm. story by Natalia picking up the win. And it's not like she beat it's not like she beat Charlotte in the middle of the ring with the discus clothesline or tapped her with the sharpshooter. She beat her off of a roll up. But I did like those transitions though, like into the sharpshooter, into the take her forward, into the roll up. I did like that. That was kinda of cool. All right, that's fair enough there. Um Real quick here, before we go any further, I just want to ask you guys real quick. Uh, do you have any plans to watch our evolution in this show? Or are you looking forward to the show itself? I'll start here. I personally do plan on watching it, and I am looking forward to it. And Charlotte and Sasha Banks, who I think will be a big heel when she gets up to the main roster, is going to be a good match, but I think the match to look forward to for me is going to be Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn. And you'll notice that they actually plugged this match specifically, catering towards that IWC crowd that would know these guys as the former El Generico and the former Pac. And not to mention, they've also been teasing the debut of internet and IWC darling Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens now, this Thursday night as well, so I'll definitely be tuning in. Tony, your interest level in our evolution Pretty high. Uh, I'm not going to watch it live, but I will be. I will be finding a way to watch it and uh, get it going. So I'm. I'm excited about it. It looks like a lot of stuff. Warren. Well, I'm always interested to seeing new talent, so um, it may be something I'd, I'd like to watch. Possibly watch it live. I mean, because I've watched the NXT Takeover pay-per-views before, so it looks like a pretty good card, and uh, it's something I am in- interested in seeing. Not to mention all five of the NXT five are involved on this show too, which I think is a big bonus going for it. Because you have the debuting Kevin Owens, you have Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn, and in addition, you have the tag match with the Ascension, who we've discussed many times here on the reaction before, teaming up to take on the team of Hideo Itami, aka Kenta Kobayashi, and Finn Balor, the former Prince Fergal Devitt. So all five of the NXT five are going to be involved in this show, which I think definitely adds to its view value. Continuing on here, Swagger and Rusev, the promo there. Did this give you any kind of anticipation level for their U.S. title match at TLC? And does Swagger have a snowball's chance in hell come Sunday? Um. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, let me answer the first one. Yeah, I, it, there's a lot of anticipation. I mean, every time these two have been linked up, even though the win, the win is pretty, kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, this is what's been. Um, this is the only. This is the hottest Swagger has been, and I've said it before. It's not so much Swagger as it is the gimmick behind him and the the fact that Rusev is such a hot heel. But that should be irrelevant when we're asking whether or not it's working. Because it is that that whole uh, ref holding him back and him screaming in the face of Rusev that that was a really cool moment and a really exciting moment. So I think the build is working out. I think they should have done this in the first place. I don't know why we had the unnecessary gap. Um, but as far as the win, um, I don't think they're ready to pull the plug on Rusev. So he's gonna he's gonna take it. All right, we'll get more into the thoughts on the predictions a little bit later. Warren, your thoughts on the segment that happened on Raw in regards to Swagger and Rusev? Um, I, I kind of agree with what Tony said. I think that uh, this is the Swagger that we should have saw earlier in the year. But uh, the fact that Swagger got the advantage on uh, Rusev during this segment leads me to believe that uh, Rusev is going to be walking out of TLC with the U.S. title. But we'll, we'll get to the predictions later. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the uh, 
I really enjoyed Swagger's character tonight. I mean, he really showed character, which is not often that he does. And that was really cool to see. I love the vicious streak behind him, behind Swagger. And not to mention something else that I think we can definitely point out as well is the thing that's brought out this much more vicious streak in Swagger has been the losses at Coulter at ringside. And I think with Coulter not being at ringside and the fact that it's bringing out a more vicious Swagger, there's a lot of ways that you can go with Swagger even if he doesn't come up on the winning end of the match against Rusev this Sunday at TLC. Because you can honestly, with this much more vicious side, told him you can honestly kind of turn Swagger back heel since the babyface thing isn't really working out for him except when he's paired with Rusev. Mm-hmm. The only thing that worries me there is that you're going to run the risk of getting to like Kane and Big Show levels of heel and face turns for Swagger, and I don't know if that's a road that anybody wants to go down. All right, last thing to touch on here in quick hits, and then we'll move on with the rest of the show here. Uh, the six-man tag. Um, kind of paint by numbers, but I will say seeing Damian Mizdow suplex himself in the middle of the ring was pretty freaking funny. <laughs> Uh, your guys' thoughts on the six-man and the fact that they had one of the tag team champions eat the pin in Ryback, in Ryback pinning Miz here. I think what bugged me the most was, I mean, it, you, like you said, it was paint-by-number, but even WWE six-man tag paint-by-number matches are pretty damn good. Um, so the match itself was great. Uh, if you remove storylines and uh, character alignments, it was great. But then you look at who's in the ring, and not only was it odd, um, but it also just didn't make much sense to see Ryback with the Usos. It didn't make any sense to see Kane, um, you know, teaming up with his teammates with, with Miz and, and Sandow. It just didn't work for me as far as visually, um, aesthetically, and just the reality that, you know, it just, uh, why would any of them team with each other? They they did their best to mix the storylines, but those were two that didn't seemingly go well together. It was like water and oil. Um, but yeah, the saving grace, of course, yet again, was Miz now and his um, his suplex. I've told you before that there's certain moves that I don't like when he sells because it kind of takes away the reality that we're supposed to feel for wrestling while knowing it's fake. In other words, okay, so we can see a man take a suplex by himself. It's really not that difficult then. Um, that's that's a very minute complaint, but like I'm saying, that that's what always worried me about this um, gimmick. However, tonight, just watching him and the reality of him being a quote-unquote stunt double, um, it really helped. And, and I don't think that – I think it took that worry away from me because it's standout. Um, if there's anybody else, I may still say – I may still have that argument, and may and it could be sound. But tonight, he kind of won me over again in a new way. Can I – also point out, take this moment here real quick to point out the fact that, you know who else did an awesome job of getting over the Damian Mizdow gimmick tonight? Hmm. Seth Green. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very often that we can say that the guest hosts actually contributed in large quantities to the show, but I think we can both agree that Seth Green, I think all three of us can agree that Seth Green added a lot to the Damian Mizdow character, especially with the way that Seth greeted them when he was doing the original presentation for the very first Slammy that kicked off the show as well by pointing out that, yeah, one of them standing on the stage was a star and it was Ms. Dow. So I just, I want to give Seth credit here because usually we bash the celebrity guest hosts when they do something so ass insanely, outstandingly stupid 
but I think Seth Green definitely deserved credit for the role that he played tonight in regards to help getting over the Damian Mizdow character. So a quick tip of the cap there to Seth. And... Sound monkey's fired. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's fat-ass champion is joining us once again. Jimmy Christopher, what's up? I am the world fat-ass champion. I thank you for such a illustrious introduction. Well, of course, Jimmy Christopher has to get the music. Of course, I you do. fat fuck. What's up? <laughs> Welcome, Jimmy. Jimmy's your dad. Oh no! Get get to the point. Am I missing uh, something? Or is everybody just being really quiet? You know what? I think. Oh no! I, like, um... I I had to go into a private conversation with Warren real quick. I could hear the show echoing in the background. How dare you? How dare you leave the show when I'm here? Show me the respect. You had Tony. I'm the champion. I'm the champion here. You don't leave when I'm here. You stay to hear what I have to say. You had Tony. Please, I never listen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's go ahead and get back to the show here. Um, And right as I say that, Jimmy Christopher drops the call. (laughs) Well, you pissed him off. Uh, Apparently. The world fat-ass <laughs> champion is going to think I hung up on him. Anyways, um, John Cena versus the Big Show. Let's first talk about let's first talk about the two promos, and then we'll get into the and then we'll get into the actual match itself. As Jimmy Christopher's back on the line, what happened? My phone freaking sucks. I just want you to know, champ. I did not hang up on you. Just so you know. Oh, I know. This is the second time that my phone has decided to crap out on me. And like I say, it's just been annoying millions. All right. Well, since since you're the new guy on the block here for this particular show, why don't you go ahead and lead us off here? Your thoughts on the big show and Cena promos, and then the actual main event match as well. Uh, I just I can't get into it. I've seen this match since I was like 15 years old. It's boring. It's stale. Cena's getting a little more stale as he gets older. Show continues to try and get over the fact that he's a turncoat rebel. You know, I hate everybody around me because they don't give me the respect I deserve, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just can't get into it anymore. And then, of course, Cena comes out, and he's the people's hero now. And, yay me, I'm here to, you know, stand up for you guys against Big Show. And, oh, look at this, I F5'd him or F4'd him or F'd him or whatever F we're talking about now, except for the ones that Warren's dropping. But the point being that it's stale, it's boring, the match itself was terrible, it it didn't get much time at all, it didn't develop any sort of story, it doesn't go in, it doesn't help, you know, make people want to watch the pay-per-view, it doesn't help draw for the pay-per-view this Sunday, which the fat-ass champion will be attending, by the way, but, 
point being, I just I don't see why they needed this match other than to put Cena out front in the main event and to set up the little brawl they had. They could have done that with a promo. They could have just had Cena go out there, cut his 10-minute promos that he loves to do, which he already cut a three-minute promo in the back before that. Uh, so he goes out there. If he goes out there and talks and then Rollins jumps him from behind, you can start that whole brawl without question, with very much ease without having to make Big Show look weaker for his upcoming match with Ryback. Rollins. Uh, Rollins. Rollins? Is it Rollins? Oh, I can't even pay yeah. attention to the card anymore. So it's yeah, Cena, Kane's Rollins. Right, Cena, Rollins, Ryback, Kane, and then show Rowan. Okay. I need to re- re-figure that out. I mean, but that's how much I'm looking forward to Big Show's match. I don't even care whose opponent is. That's how exciting it is for me. I'm looking forward to the, you know, Wyatt Ambrose match, which you guys have already, you know, kind of covered and talked about. But I just, I can't get into this right now. It, it had no purpose tonight, in my opinion. It was just to put Cena out there. It was just something, oh, you guys, it's raw. Go wrestle, Cena, and we'll put you over a show at a five-minute bullcrap match that nobody's going to care about because you're not even going to win because Rollins is going to come out there and attack you, and then we're going to have another brawl, and then there's going to be chaos, and where's that anonymous GM? Hornswoggle, quick, quick, get out here and, you know, quell the chaos, and it's it's just bad. It's gotten bad. Well, technically, if anybody was going to quell the chaos this evening, it would have been Seth Green, because apparently they're going back to a car towards kind of the guest host era. Uh, Tony, your thoughts on show and Cena's promos and then the match itself and the uh, the chaotic brawl that took us off the air tonight? Um, we'll start with the promos. Uh, Big Show kind of backpedaled. The promo that he cut tonight should have been the promo that he cut last week. Um, the week immediately following Survivor Series, this is the type of promo that he was alluding to. And then you got straight heel. Last week, you didn't get any semblance of layers. You didn't get humanity or I'm trying to feed my family. What he did tonight was what he was supposed to be doing the entire time. Not to say that we're feeling bad for him, but every heel should feel justified with what they're doing. Tonight he felt justified, and that's what you need to do in order to make it believable. Um, the Big Show is the Big Show. We've seen him turn more way, you know, more than I've seen other people turn, and it just it was that's that's not different or anything. It's just something that he needs in order for us to believe him. John Cena's promo was more of the same. It was annoying. And ever since the stupid podcast events did, Cena's trying to take that as a as a a soapbox, if you will, trying to goad other superstars to take the brass ring. We heard it numerous times tonight. And he's only making it more uh, pertinent without realizing that the only reason why people can't take his spot is because he's still there. Um, he says, you know, I'm going to, you know, you got to take it from me. He says the same thing to Bray Wyatt while they had their program. And it's like, as a character, okay, that makes sense because you're a never-give-up type of dude. You're not done. You're not ready to leave and everything. That's fine. But when you're trying to implement a reality-based podcast into your fake show and use it as an impetus to challenge other wrestlers, you're you're coming off looking like an asshole. Um, you can't say, as your character, come get your spot when the man behind the scenes is essentially saying you're never going to be in this spot. So that really pissed me off. The match itself wasn't anything new. It was kind of slow, but, you know, it's still pretty cool to see Cena lift Big Show. Um, But, again, we've seen it before. The melee at the end was something, again, that we've seen before. I don't mind it uh, too much because it um, it was good to see Seth at the end. It was good to see everyone involved. It was good to see, hopefully, everyone at Cena's level in some semblance of a way. 
But like I, I think what I disliked the most was the promo and what it implied. Uh, Warren, your thoughts on the your thoughts on the uh, the promos as well as the main event match as well as the chaos that broke out afterwards. I felt like Big Show did a good job of uh, well attempting to sell his match with Eric Rowan Sunday to get us interested. Um, Cena has an uncanny ability, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not a huge Cena fan, but he has an uncanny ability to be able to make you believe what he's saying. And uh, he got me looking forward to his match with Seth Rollins Sunday. Uh, as far as Cena and Big Show, I mean, we've seen it since 2003. They've been having matches and encounters together. So, you know, and I said on the yes thread that, you know, Cena doing the attitude adjustment to Big Show is stale. I mean, we've seen it so many times, so it's not as impressive anymore. It's like you're almost desensitized to it because you've seen it so much, so it's not much of a shock. Um, the melee at the end, I, I'm a huge fan of melees. I really enjoyed that. Just seeing, you know, tables and ladders and chairs being swung everywhere. And it just gave you a good uh, preview of what you're going to see Sunday. So I thought the melee was cool, but I like what I like what you said, Tony, about how you said it. Or no, it was Jimmy Christopher that said that that you could have gone into that melee without having a match. You just could have had a promo and had a, and had the melee. But yeah, that's that's my thing about it. It's kind of cool. And here's the unfortunate thing for me about this whole situation: we all saw this coming when the day was announced that Les that Cena Lesnar was probably happening at the Rumble. We all knew mm-hmm. that Cena was going to be had to kept strong at TLC in order to be strong going into that match with with Lesnar at the Rumble. The problem is, is if that's going to have to happen, then why not give the Cena Big Show match that they're going to do? Why not do that table match at the TLC pay-per-view and save Rollins from having to do a job that he really doesn't need to be doing right now, especially since he has that money in the bank contract? But then what do you have for Rollins, then, if that's the direction you go? Anything. Um, you can have Rollins, Rollins be free right now. You could have Rollins freed up for the match with Harper and with Harper and Ziggler for the Intercontinental title, or he, even more so, given the fact that he returns, and I do something at the pay-per-view where you have interaction between Rollins and Reigns. Hmm. I just I don't think that it's a wise idea to put Seth in this no win situation this Sunday here because you know that they're going to have to keep Cena strong as he goes towards Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble because I don't think they're going to take that title match away. And the only, the only possible way, way that it right that it does happen is if they do that exactly is if they decide to go Lesnar Orton at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. That's precisely it, and then put Cena over in the Rumble and put him and Lesnar at WrestleMania. See, I, I think it's pretty much a certainty that Roman Reigns is winning the Rumble at this point, especially given the fact that he's got that superstar right. of the year slamming. Right, and that's all depends on whether or not he takes part. You know, everyone was certain that Daniel Bryan would win the Rumble last year, and we all saw how that went. So it just depends mm-hmm. on how, you know, they book that, how they decide to storyline that. I mean, they could put Reigns and Rollins together at Rumble. They could put Reigns and Rollins in the Rumble for all I care. Uh, I don't see uh, – I would like to see Rollins get close to winning maybe in the Final Four and kind of tease the whole, oh, I'll have the shot at Mania and I still have the briefcase, but then obviously not win. I mean, I'd love to see them tease that angle. We all know that they would never put the – 
Rumble winner with the briefcase. But just to tease that, just to have Rollins come out, and you know Rollins would work that. If they told him, hey, go out and say you're going to win the Rumble, so you have two shots at the title now. And he'd do that, and then Reigns would come out, or Ambrose would come out and talk about how they'll not let, there's not a chance in hell we'll let you win the Rumble, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up being the reason that he gets eliminated, or maybe an NXT guy, something to put somebody else over, I think would be huge in that type of situation. And then maybe have Rollins feud with that person until uh, WrestleMania or what have you. In regards to him having his, in regards to him finally having his cashing moment, kind of like how they were having Punk feud with Umaga back before Punk cashed in his Money in the Bank contract on on Jeff Hardy at uh, the Extreme Rules event. Exactly. Yeah, because didn't he wrestle Umaga in a strap match or something that that show? Yes, he did. Extreme Rules 2009, I believe. Yeah. All right. All this talking is making me thirsty. Are you thirsty, Tony? Um, yeah, sure, why not? You better be thirsty. It's part of the bit. (laughs) He's always thirsty. Can't you see the way he chases AJ around? Mmm, AJ. Thirsty! Speaking of which... (laughs) Segway! Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about AJ. Let's do. Um, yes. You walked right into it, Jimmy. Yeah, I want to be a little bit serious about AJ tonight, um, because if not, then she'll be upset with me when I go to bed and put on her chastity socks, and nobody wants that. So (laughs) I have some decorum, please. Um, well, anyways, um, sorry, I got a text from AJ, you know, I got to respond to her. Okay, so... No, I wanted to. Ref- I was referring to that. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have some decorum, please? God, bad news, Bear. Come back to us. We miss you. All right, Tony, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Okay. Uh, the uh, the match itself. Okay. Well, first of all, AJ winning a Slammy. I was very surprised because um, if we're to believe that it's fan voted, then I get it. But you know, the whole night I'm thinking the WWE has something to do with this. Um, the the cynic in me wants to think that they're trying to goad her into, you know, they're trying to be extra nice to her because of everything. But if there's one thing I noticed in the little in the few words that she's saying, it's not so much that she could do whatever she wants. I think it's more that she has gained the respect to be able to say what she wants. And also, although she's married to CM Punk, and I know that this is a promo, so it's it's supposed to be um, fake and everything. But I saw a little bit of individuality in AJ. Whereas the tweet that she said, Mama's got to pay bills too, um, the promo that she cut, and the way that she, she wrestles and everything, like it makes me feel that as married as they are, she's also her own person um, that makes her own decisions. And that leads me to the match itself, where I feel like she kind of just slept through it. Like, she seemed not, 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 she seemed unenthused to be wrestling Summer Rae, first of all. And second of all, she seemed like she didn't want to do anything to help put this girl over. Now, Summer Rae sucks, okay? She was, there was a really sloppy match on her side. But it looked, AJ's typically one to carry someone else to a better match or make it look good. I mean, she wasn't HBK levels of selling to Hogan, but she literally just laid there for half the match. She didn't, she didn't sell the chokehold. She didn't sell the submission. 
when there was a when she did when uh, Summer Rae did the spinning kick to her to the face, AJ just flopped and like didn't get up. And I don't know, maybe it was maybe she was tired, maybe it was an off day, and I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that noticed it. But I feel like she really didn't care to put Summer Rae over at all. And I was wondering what you guys thought about that, if anything. You're telling me that someone slept through a Summer Rae match? I am calling bullshit on that. <laughs> yeah. I would have slept through it if it wasn't AJ on the screen. No, uh, AJ AJ can't carry everybody. That's how I look at it. <laughs> well, wow. well, I will I will say this much as far as this goes. At least Michael Cole will now know who's Summer Rae and who's Charlotte. I have no trust in him. I don't know. What... I don't know if you guys caught it or not. He called Charlotte Summer a couple times. That's what I Michael think he's on a first name basis with everybody. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyways, as far as the match itself went, I and Tony don't don't take this the wrong way. I wasn't paying much attention during the course of that match because I was in the process of trying to get everything set up. That's all right. Neither was AJ. <laughs> I was watching yeah. it. Warren, your thoughts. I said in the yes to that then when Summerray applied that Cobra clutch, that has to be the, the sexiest Cobra clutch I've ever seen. Warren, you don't have a hard on for her, do you? I love Summerray. Really? I do. It's a white woman thing. Uh, uh, almost as much as Tony loves AJ. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even close, Jimmy. Nobody really knows this, but. Tony oh. Lucero. But, and sometimes, at night, we spoon. It's almost like okay. a <laughs> I'm putting this segment to bed. I'll put it on for Harry Kid. Here comes up. Here comes up. Here comes up. Harry Kid. I still think I have the coolest sound effect on this show. Anyways, to, to my hit. My problem isn't the fact that it only went about four minutes, it ended on a DQ, and it really had no overall impact in the grand scheme of things. My problem was the fact that it happened on Raw at all with absolutely no build. You completely wasted the very first Luke Harper-Eric Rowan singles match on a throwaway Raw on the go-home for a pay-per-view where both of them have matches of some significance, definite significance in Harper's case because he has the IC title ladder match against Ziggler, which honestly, if not for Wyatt Ambrose, will be the match of the show this Sunday. But these are two guys whose histories have been intertwined with each other since they debuted in the WWE back in January. Or, well, actually closer towards the end of last year, excuse me. But since they've had their ongoing interaction, January of last year. Anyways, back to my point. And these guys have had their interactions with each other going all the way back to the Wyatt family in NXT as well. Wyatt sets both of them free and allows them to be their own men. 
And eventually, yeah, you could see them crossing paths. All right, it's fine that they ended up on opposite sides of each other at Survivor Series. Harper siding with Cena, or excuse me, Rowan siding with Cena, Harper joining Team Authority with the whole I'm a team player thing. But then you're going to go ahead and waste the very first singles match that these two ever had in a throwaway bit in a nothing match on an episode of Raw to help promote the ladder match that Harper has this Sunday and the stairs match that Rowan has this Sunday. Absolutely ridiculous booking. Okay. That's, Insert that's my ten inappropriate indie joke here. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Tony? Go. Yeah. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, the only, I'd say the only defense that they have is that they cut it short so that it wasn't really a match that the DQ kind of negated the entirety of it. But I, I, I can't even buy that, uh, mainly because this is something that, uh, again, it's, it's, it's what I've said for so damn long. It's just another missed opportunity. Uh, they just, they don't seem to get it. <laughs> they, they, they don't seem to get the, uh, the mentality behind building, um, both superstars and storylines and Eric Rowan versus Luke Harper is a potential huge storyline. Um, that's WrestleMania worthy. Honestly, it is. And, and I, I don't mean that as a hyperbole, it really could have been something that big. Um, even like I said earlier in the show, Bray Wyatt himself said less than a week ago that these guys aren't broken up. So why are we getting such, you know, uh, viciousness between the two this tonight? Uh, there's just a lot wrong with this. This didn't need to happen. It could have been between any two people. Uh, did you see the IC title at all? Did you? Um, I mean, the, I, I yes. don't remember seeing it. And he and carried and if it I out did, in one hand. Yeah, and, and carried and the, the IC title is, out in one hand and the ladder in the other. Yeah. Okay. Well, it just seems so unimportant. Um, and and that's what the match is for. I, I mean, I'm not saying that he should have faced Dolph again or should have, you know, been, been part of that. Like. These two just shouldn't have interacted this way. I, I I think that I saw potential in the match itself. I think that they could have a good match. Harper is freaky uh, agile. Um, and the little moment outside on the steps, like you saw how them two could work together really well, which is a, a testament to Eric Rowan because it just means that he's growing as a performer. But at the same time, this is a match that you want to see, just not right now. And and, and it's it's unfortunate. Uh, Jimmy C., what your thoughts on Harper and Rowan? Uh, yeah, I tend to agree with Tony. It just seems misplaced. It's one of those where everyone, after seeing that they were going to be on opposite sides of sort of Survivor Series, you go, oh, man, you know, they obviously don't get along now. And then Wyatt comes out and goes, no, 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 they're still friends. It's okay. And then they come out the week after that, and they attempt to beat the crap out of each other. And you go, who is not in the loop here? It's either Wyatt or Rowan or me. or You don't know what's going on. I think they kind of played that story the wrong way. And, and, and like Tony said, it's completely misplaced. Everyone, like I said, after seeing them on opposite sides of the Survivor Series, goes, oh, man, I want to see the singles match. You finally get it, and it's a four-minute, just nonsensical kind of putting over their matches at TLC when they don't really need to. And... Tony's put it on the, uh, hit the nail on the head. You know, uh, 
Harper walks out with the ladder in one hand and the title in the other, and you go, well, which has more significance here? Because then you just flop the title in the ring as you're walking in there, and you flop the ladder another direction. You go, is the title like not important to this guy anymore? Is he just trying to put over the fact that he's like deranged or not knowing what he's doing? And I just feel like a lot of the message got lost in translation somewhere for that. One. Uh, it definitely seemed like it was rushed, for sure. Um, uh, they had the potential to have a great match, a longer match, but it wasn't long enough for them to really do much of anything. So I didn't expect it to be anything great. You know what I mean? Because of the time they were well, given. The thing, but here's the thing, though. They shouldn't have been given that time at all because they shouldn't have been anywhere near each other yet in a singles match. But how would you how 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 would you build to that then? I mean, what else could you have done with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan on this episode of Raw? Let them squash somebody. Let them squash our. Let Harper squash our truth, and let Rowan win a let Rowan win a competitive match against one of the C level guys. Gold just didn't work tonight. Let Rowan beat Gold just in a singles match. There was absolutely no reason for those two to have any interaction with each other in a singles match until they were actually starting to set the road for a for a full-on singles feud, and they completely dropped the ball by actually having them interact and face each other tonight on Raw in a throwaway match. Well, you could argue that they dropped the ball at Survivor Series by putting them on opposite sides. Sure, they didn't interact, but just being on opposite sides suggests that. They did interact. Yeah, not to that. I mean, they didn't Harper actually eliminated Rowan. Right, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a big blown out. They had five minutes of work together. It was an elimination. It was very quick. It was off of somebody else's attack, if I remember correctly. I think it was off yes. the roll uh, of Rollins' knee, Rollins right? Got involved. Yeah, yeah, Rollins got so involved it, with the knee strike. Right, so it wasn't like it was some big to-do at Survivor Series, but just that alone, you could argue they misplayed and then tonight they misplayed it. It seems like they're either doing it on purpose to kind of test the waters with them, which I don't understand the point of that, or there's some sort of, you know, underlying meaning that they're going to reveal to us a few months down the road or maybe at the rumble. Maybe finally, you know, those two start off one and two or something and something that's like that. And they eliminate everybody that comes their way just so they can get back at each other and then, you know, you bring in Roman Reigns and he eliminates both of them and he looks super strong. And it just it just it's there. You know it's there. Everybody knows that it's there between those two, but you don't wanna do it incorrectly. And they've done it incorrectly. It's just it it bothers me and like I said earlier, I was I had every intention of going off about this and I just needed to get that off of my chest because it bothered me to the point that I honestly felt oh, you're that it was right. such a missed opportunity. You're it was totally such a right. Opportunity, especially for people that have, I was clamoring for them to win the tag titles, and it never happened. And now they're hot shotting their singles matches against each other too. Yeah, no, and I I was sold on them as a tag team a long time ago, just like everybody else. I think Warren was the one that I read on the Yes 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 page who was talking about how you know big he was on them when he, they were feuding with the Usos and how he was certain that they were going to win the two out of three falls uh, tag match. Yeah, and take the straps off them, and I was sold right alongside Warren. I was like, "Yeah, I love the Usos, but you got to put it on these guys. They're hot, they're ready." And with Wyatt as their leader, you know, the 
choices are endless, and then they don't. And you just kind of yeah. wonder, does WWE booking know what to do with these two? The answer is apparently not. All right, I know it's a little soon after the last one here, but given the fact that the last Let's Talk About Raw segment is what it is here, hey, Tony, third do. Yay for Doo. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I don't even tell yeah. you. That, that doesn't sound like me at all. That sounds like Paul Bear with his nuts kicked in. Oh, Tony, yes! All right, well, fat-ass yep. champ, let the man talk. I'm letting him talk. I wanted to bring up the ambulance that, drew, uh, that Dean Ambrose came out in. Um this was anyone else you would be hearing a whole bunch of complaint about the fact that there was either dry ice or a fog machine in the back of an ambulance truck or you know vehicle um but because it's dean ambrose i kind of liked it uh the whole thing why it came out and you know he said more of the same he uh he sold the match well enough and i know people say all the time i don't understand what he's saying um he's not saying anything grandiose as far as an idea goes it's very simple he just takes a long time to say it um i wouldn't even say that it's a higher caliber of language it's very average he just says it in such a way that it sounds preacherish and um a little bit higher brow but it's really not um so anyways he cut he he put he put the importance into the rocking chair that was um you know broken up and um and then uh he alluded to the match coming up and the ambrose out crazy to him. He showed up in an ambulance, and now it looks like we're having tables, ladders, chairs, stairs, ambulance, fog machine, and red lights uh, pay-per-view this weekend because that's all that was there. And uh, But, yeah, like I said, I think the, the, the focal point of all this, of, of my point with the do, is the reality that I think the whole fog coming out of the ambulance and the fact that it was an ambulance, and none of that would have worked if it wasn't Dean Ambrose. Um I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's just that nuts. Maybe it's because we're so used to him coming out in things as random as hot dog stands. Um, but it worked for me. Um, it's almost like he left the hospital and took one of the ambulances just to get to the show. Comes out in a neck brace saying he's, you know, ready to go regardless of whether people think he is or not. And little things like that. It just, I don't know. It really, I'm not saying it sold it for him because last week did that. But it was a nice continuation of a storyline that will culminate this weekend. I think, well, first of all, we have to add ambulance to the uh, yes hashtag of things Dean Ambrose would hide in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Ambrose, given his character, is able to get away with a lot of the stuff that if other people were to do it, it would come off really corny or really immature. And I think it's mm. because of the level of maybe psychoticness or maybe just outright crazy that Ambrose's character deals with that allows him to do this kind of stuff. And, oh, Ambrose stole an ambulance? Totally believe that. Whereas yeah, you get these, other people, these other people that would say stuff like this, and they'd be like, what the hell? Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts? Jimmy, Harry, you stole my joke. Places Dean Ambrose would hide in a <laughs> smoke-filled ambulance. 
that he may or may not have been sharing with Rob Van Dam, if you believe the rumors. Oh, I heard about that rumor, and it would not surprise me because that pile of junk showed up on the show too, but that's a whole other story in itself. Um, No, I like, you know, everything that Wyatt and Dean are doing. I love what Wyatt's doing the most, though, just because he's showing a different side to the character. Now he's showing that you took something away from me, where that's never happened with him before. You've never seen anybody be able to take anything away from Wyatt. You know, he loses a match, he laughs it off like he was nothing, and he creeps the hell out of everybody. Uh, you know, he gets beaten over the head with a chair, and he gives it back to you and asks for more. But then you break this rocking chair, and suddenly the symbolism comes in, and he freaks out. And that's what I think people have been begging for. They want to see a new side to Bray Wyatt. They want to see the vulnerability. They want to see that weakness. And I know we talked about that last week, but that's just something I've been big on. I think him and Ambrose are going to have a fantastic match at TLC. I can't wait to watch it. Um, Ambrose showing up in the uh, ambulance with the neck brace and everything I thought was just perfect. I think it just goes along with his character. He's some crazy man, and he's got the neck brace, and he'll show up anyway, and he'll still fight you, and he's pulling all these doohickeys and you know, weapons out of the back of the ambulance, you're wondering, where is this guy going to the hospital after he's able to gather these supplies? But sure enough, you know, he's got the chair and the ladder and the poles all out of the back of the ambulance. Uh, but I liked it. I mean, it's it just goes to his character. He's always got this crazy mentality. He is the... Uh, oh, I can't even think of the words now. He's the perfect mix of... Yeah, the lunatic fringe. He's the perfect mix of crazy and prepared. And it's just, it's the perfect mix where he's able to pull it off, I think. Without it coming off as, oh, that was hokey, or that was stupid, or that was ridiculous. Right. Uh, Warren, your thoughts? Um, I enjoyed everything. I mean, it's the thing with the ambulance is that I, I kind of knew it was Dean Ambrose immediately. So it wasn't really a surprise to me. And, you know, the whole stealing the ambulance thing is something I've seen before. You know, a lot of people make the comparison to Stone Cold and Dean Ambrose. Stone Cold did the same thing at the Royal Rumble in 99. Stole an ambulance and, you know, re-entered the Rumble or whatever. So, I mean, it's 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 something that I've seen before. So that didn't really impress me much. So um, I think last week did a better job of selling their match at TLC than this week, in my opinion. All right, well, let me ask you this here, Warren, and then we'll move on to our predictions because that's what's up next. Um, you mentioned the fact that you said that we'd seen Austin do the same thing. Yeah. They've been kind of trying to build Ambrose as the modern-day Austin, though. Do you think that him stealing the ambulance to get that kind of connection that you put together there, do you think that might have been intentional? Yes. I don't know if creative is that smart, but, I mean... I could see that. I'm being dead serious here. I could see that being something in order to intentionally conjure the images of Austin doing the same thing, or or Undertaker doing the same thing at a uh, at Backlash as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a case of maybe it was intentional in order to get the fans to think of in order to get the fans to think of the Austin comparison that they've been trying with him that. That stone cold, that loose cannon, that that lunatic fringe, that crazed gimmick that he did. The, Austin had the same kind of 
had the same kind of mentality to him as well, and that Austin was going to do whatever was best for Austin, rather or not it pissed off everybody around him. And basically, Dean Ambrose is the same way. Dean Ambrose is going to do what's best for Dean Ambrose, rather or not it pisses off everybody around him. Mm-hmm. All right, normally we'd find something else on Raw to talk about, but given the fact that tonight's episode was the go-home for the Tables, Ladders, Chairs, and Stairs pay-per-view this, this Sunday... Let's go ahead and get to our pay-per-view predictions, boys. Okay. Uh, before we start, I got a question, though. When did I might the, have uh, tagline, When did the tagline of, sta- of chairs get or stairs get added to this? SmackDown, which you watched, so you should know. Uh, I don't remember hearing that, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm gonna do this in order of importance and in order of show names. So. We're going to go with the pre-show match first. Uh, Tony, the New Day and the Dust Brothers, who you got? Um, they're giving the New Day all the wins, so I don't see them changing even on a pre-show. Um, I really don't know where that puts them as far as placement in regards to where we're supposed to see them, considering they're on a pre-show, but uh, I guess there's no room for them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the New Day is going to win. Jimmy? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the New Day here as well. Uh, I don't really think it's going to switch up on a pre-show match, whether what the momentum will be. Um, and I'll go as far to say that uh, Xavier and Big E will be the two competing. I think they'll set Kofi out. Why, I don't know. Warren. I'm going to pick the New Day, and Jimmy, I'm going I'm to switch, switch up the team here. I think it's going to be... Uh, Xavier and uh, Kofi Kingston against Stardust and Goldust. But I'm okay. picking the New Day. All right. Since everybody else is doing it, hey Tony, who represents the New Day in this match? Um. Yeah, Biggie and Xavier. We all. Okay, so you and Jimmy agree. I actually differ with all of you guys. I think the team representing the New Day is going to be Biggie and Kofi, actually. Maybe they'll set Xavier out this time. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's how they did it in the first tag match that they had. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Biggie and uh, Kofi that was in the tag? The tag, um, whatever the fuck they called it, tag team turmoil last week on Raw. I believe so. I'd have to go back and right. look, but I know that uh, the first. I want to say the first their debut match was. Uh, was Xavier and Big E, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. I actually, I actually think it was Big E and Kofi the first time as well. Uh, actually, no, it was a six-man tag on SmackDown. Oh, uh, yes, okay. Oh, yeah, right. that was the um, Curtis Axel sighting. Yes, the holy crap, he still has a job. Yeah, that's right, I remember that. All right, tag time... Tag titles on the line here. Jimmy C, you open up. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I picked Miz and Miz Dow to win the four-way last pay-per-view, so I'm going to pick them to retain here. I don't see any reason why they should lose. I like the storyline that's going along with Uso, his wife, and Miz. And, of course, Miz Dow, you know, you can't go wrong with what he's doing right now. He just keeps one-upping himself, and the crowd keeps loving it. So I'm going to pick Miz and Miz Dow. 
Warren. I'm going to pick Miz and Mizdow by DQ. I think Jimmy gets disqualified. That's a very interesting prediction. I actually like it. Uh, Tony. I dig it. Yeah, Sandow and The Miz um, are going to win. And um, it should be a good match. And it's a, it's it's good to see them add a little bit of a, an edge to the storyline going into it. Um, I think the Usos win, but they don't win the belt. I Do think, you think they win by DQ or countout? I think they win by countout when Miz tries to walk, when Miz walks out on the match. There's more story to be told here in regards to everything that's going on with Miz and Naomi as well, that there is absolutely no reason to blow this off this Sunday. I think this is one of the few angles in the WWE right now that has a lot of life and a lot of story still to be told. And it's also one of those angles that you're actually interested in seeing what they have to tell in regards to the story still as well. I think Miz and Mizdow win by pinfall. For some reason, Naomi's at ringside. She and the Miz interact. Jimmy gets distracted. Sandow gets the roll up. I don't know. I, I think I, I still see Jimmy, you know, getting disqualified by just just aggressively attacking Miz. Like maybe not letting go or not getting out in the corner during the five count, just because he can be so blinded. Uh, by rage for the fact that Miz is trying to, you know, basically, I don't want to say get with Naomi, but basically with that storyline going on, I see Jimmy getting disqualified. See, the only thing about Jimmy and getting disqualified is it leaves the Usos in no position to be in line for a rematch because they would have, not only would they have not captured the titles here, but they would have lost as well. Yeah, but so you still have the Right, you still have the story, but that doesn't necessarily justify them another tag title match. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, Warren, why don't you kick us off here? AJ and Nikki for the Divas title. <sighs> I, I, I'm i going to go with AJ. I, I really want to see... Uh, I really want that belt off of Nikki Bella. I do. I can't stand it. I can't stand her. I want to see AJ beat Nikki Bella. I'm picking AJ. Tony... <laughs> That's funny. Like you should ask. AJ, of course. She's going to win every match she's ever in from here until she's done. I bet Jimmy. I bet she could I bet she could take Jimmy's championship. Uh, she would require some weight. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, AJ would have to eat a couple more sandwiches. Anyways, Jimmy, she'd have to, she'd have to go on supersize me. <laughs> oh, Which God, I completely which completely ruined McDonald's for me, by the way. That's the only fast food I won't eat. My pick for this match, uh, God, I hate not saying AJ, but I just think that they're going to try and, you know, wring this towel dry as much as they can for the storyline to make the Bellas seem legitimate as wrestlers. So I see <laughs> Nikki retaining. I know, I know. It, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm going to pick Nikki. Uh, I think some sort of distraction or Bella Magic or whatever you call it, and I think Nikki picks up the win dirty. Yeah. I, I do hate I, to agree. Harry, I, I'm, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not changing my prediction. I'm always going to say AJ, but I completely agree with Jimmy, just to give him some, you know, clout. Um, 
the thing is, is as ridiculous as it sounds, it's even more ridiculous that it's actually happening, and unfortunately it's going to continue. Nikki Bella retains the Divas title. Sad, sad day. Well, I can, <laughs> the I can US... predict that it's probably going to, I would hope it goes longer than 30 seconds this time. Wonder who, wonder if the restrooms at the uh, Quick and Loans Arena are going to be more filled during that match or during intermission. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, I think they're going to be more filled during Ryback and Kane, personally. But anyways, we'll get to that match shortly. Yeah, let's talk about the U.S. Let's talk about the U.S. title match here, and it's going. I think Rusev retains, but I think Swagger puts in another good showing. And honestly, as I said earlier in the show, I think we're in line for an eventual Swagger heel turn, especially with the much more aggressive side that we're seeing out of Jack Swagger lately. But Rusev retains, and he retains via submission and the accolade. Uh, Tony, who you got? Yeah, Rusev will retain. Um, I agree completely. And, um, I don't know. You know, they, they're, it's possible. I think there's enough heat in this match. I think there's enough, um, energy to do the double turn. Um, I really do. I'm not, I mean, I don't know how they would do Rusev, but, um, I think that there's a possibility of them being able to do it in the match. I'm not going to say how, cause I don't know, but I would be interesting to see, um, for you know both both of these guys to come out looking slightly different, but with an edge. Not necessarily that Rusev would be a face, just a different layer of something. But anyways, yeah, Rusev is uh, definitely going to win. Well, it goes back to a conversation that we've had here on the reaction before. Do you think there's a level of possible Muhammad Hassanism to the Rusev character? Uh, there's so much there. I don't know if they'll do it though. Um, but yeah, that's definitely there. That's that's right in front of their face, so especially when they were being forced to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, man, that could have been a great moment for them. And if they could just bring that back, it's not too far away to where they can't. Then we might have something. All right, uh, Jimmy, who you got? U.S. title on the line. I'm gonna go with uh, Rusev here with the accolade too. I just don't see any reason why they wouldn't keep this uh, feud going. Uh, especially with Coulter out. I'd love to see them keep going, keep going. Coulter comes back, and then that's when Swagger maybe knocks off Rusev for the first time and gets the U.S. championship. I'm not saying that would happen or that I would even suggest it, but I could see them pulling something like that, so I'll go ahead and say that. But Rusev right now with the accolade. Warren? I'm... You know, had I not called the uh, DQ finish in the tag title match, I would have put a DQ finish here, but I don't want to do two DQ, two DQ finishers in the pay-per-view. So I'm going to pick Rusev uh, by submission via the accolade. But I do think that we see a more uh, vicious showing from Jack Swagger this time, hopefully, like we did tonight on Raw. Yeah, we definitely... And something else that we saw from Rusev that we almost never see... Or from Swagger that we almost never see. That body slam into the barricade looked freaking vicious. Yeah, and he slammed his ankle off of the barricade, too, when he did yeah. it. Yeah, it looked pretty yeah. You know, if we're talking about viciousness, uh, let me just give a real quick shout-out to Eric Rowan for taking that sick stair bump. Dude bounced off of them. Like, damn. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, because that's the very next match, Tony, so why don't you go ahead and lead us off here, Rowan and Big Show in the stairs match. Okay. Well... Um, I hope Rowan wins. I think Big Show's at a point right now where he can kind of uh, 
lose and not be hurt. So I'm going to give the, the win to Rowan. They seem to be really behind him. Um, to, tonight took a little bit of a – they took a back step. They, they didn't call him Big Red as much. They didn't, you know, have him do some goodwill hunting equation solving in the back. So I'm hoping they <laughs> – I'm hoping they stay that way and just kind of let his character flourish um, organically. But in regards to the match itself, I do see it being kind of slow and plotting, and I hope that they don't make it a squash. But at the same time, I really don't want to see them out there any longer than they have to be. Um, I'm going to go with Rowan. Unfortunately, they filed for a trademark on Big Red, so I think we're kind of up shit creek with no paddle as far as that goes, dude. Yeah, well. Uh, I got Rowan as well. And the reason I have Rowan is I honestly think the Big Show is at the point right now where he's in that Rob Van Dam and Chris Jericho role where the only reason you keep him around is in order to make other people look good at his expense. And that is exactly what Eric Rowan needs to do here, and especially after being put into a match in a no-win situation tonight on Raw, and given the fact that, as I said, Big Show has nothing more to really prove, and there's really nowhere to go as far as the Big Show heel character goes because we've seen him turn back and forth so many times that any semblance of a Big Show heel turn has lost any and all importance. I think you use this match right here in order to put Rowan over. Uh, Jimmy C., who you got? I'm going with Rowan as well. And like you said, Harry, this Big Show is in a state where he can coast now. Losing means nothing. He's still the seven-foot-tall, 400-pound world's biggest athlete. And people know that. People know the gimmick. And putting him out against anybody is going to put them over. It's going to make them look better. Because beating someone that size is still a something. Why it's a something, nobody knows. Because, you know, I guess size doesn't matter anymore, according to the WWE, except when they're putting people like, you know, Rusev and Big Show and whoever else on Team Authority or what have you. But... Um, I mean, I just, I, I like Rowan here because it's like you said, you got to give him something. You got to make him look stronger. You got to make him have something, something bigger, uh, a nice pay-per-view win in a match that they made up on the spot for those two, uh, would help him eventually, uh, get into something along the storylines of him and Harper or, you know, him and Rusev something. Wow, that's an actually interesting pick there. I I would be really interested in seeing what Harper and or excuse me, what Rowan and Rusev could do together. That's really very yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. All right, uh, Warren, you close out this match. Who you got? Um, I'm picking Rowan because I'm going with the whole whoever gets the advantage on a go home usually ends up losing. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Rowan. Also, I thought that chokeslam on the steps is something they should have done at the pay per view. <laughs> I think that yeah. was a spot they shouldn't have done on TV. All right, well, all. Here, here's my here's my theory as far as that goes. If you're going to use that spot on TV, you reuse it at the pay-per-view and have Rowan kick out of it. Yeah, I, I, I would be into that. And also, I'm completely in agreement with Tony. Rowan took a fucking man bump on those ring steps tonight. Basketballed off him. <laughs> Gross. Um... All right, for me, this is going to be the piss break match because, frankly, I don't care about Kane, and they haven't given me enough of a reason to care about Ryback ever since Survivor Series. So 
The chairs match. I'll start. I'm taking Ryback because, honestly, what does Kane have to prove? He's in the same place as Big Show, and apparently they want to give Ryback more going forward. But, like I said, I really don't care. I like Kane. Uh, Jimmy, you're up next here. Okay, um, I'm going to take Ryback. I think Kane and Big Show are just kind of filling roles until the young guys get healed up and back on the main stage. You know, Barrett, Roman, uh, Brian. I think they're doing what they can, but I just, I just, Kane and Big Show just aren't believable anymore. Like I said about Big Show, they're just those big seven footers that you put in there to look intimidating and look scary. And oh, if you can beat this guy, then you can have a match with such and such for this such and such title. And they did that on the last Raw up in Cleveland for Cena or whatever, and it's just like, meh. We know Cena's going to win that match. Meh. We know Ryback's going to win that match. Meh. We know Eric Rowan's going to win that match. Meh. Meh to both those matches. Meh. 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 Warren? As much as I like Kane, I'm going to pick Ryback. But I I do like Kane. He's, He's always been one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, there's no well, I mean, there's no reason yeah. for Kane to win this match, right? I mean, so don't go, don't get my comments, you know, just uh, confused either. I'm a big advocate for Kane too. I was, you know, one of the big guys on his uh, fan list uh, when they were talking about that on the yes 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 page is how you would rate him as a big man. You gave everybody gave him grades and stuff. I gave him an A. You know, he, I think he's been great throughout his career. I'm on the same boat as Warren. Mm-hmm. My only thing here, as far as this goes, though, is that we're at the point right now where I don't think enough of the fan base, enough of the fan base, cares about Kane enough to have anything resembling a major level of interest in this match. Tony, who you got? Um, is there any truth to Ryback changing his name to Z-Pack? Changing his name Grown. to what? What? It's a punk <laughs> reference. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, Ryback's gonna win, and I, I really don't want to see this match. It's another. I mean, we got Big Show and Rowan on this sh- on on this card, and Kane and Ryback. <laughs> um, I will give credit to to Ryback. I think that ever since the podcast by CM Punk, he's been as much as he says, you know, he does his job and blah blah blah. Comments like that could only really push you to be better to kind of say I'm still working here fool you're not so I think that since then he's kind of I'm not saying he added anything new but there is a reinvigoration in his matches um that I've I've seen a little bit more energy I've seen a little bit uh he's lasted a little bit longer he's still like you could see him just he needs to like I don't know work on his conditioning um but it's a lot better than uh he was a year ago or even a few months ago um so yeah, I, I see a Ryback winning for sure. Uh, in regards to your theory there, you think the Punk interviews, the ones that he did on the Art of Wrestling, kind of lit a fire under Ryback's ass? I think so. Even though he'll say it doesn't, um, from from the little that I know about the guy through Tara Calloway, um, who's like known him personally for years, um, he is hungry. He's very, very ambitious in terms of trying to be a success. And I think that the push that he's getting or that he was getting originally kind of let him be blasé, and then the the comments that he received from Punk kind of said, wait a minute, 
I'm not just here for no reason. I deserve this, and I'm going to show you why. At least I hope, because that's how you should take any type of criticism is, you know, you believe what you want, but I'm going to use that as a motivational factor to be better than what I am right now. Exactly. Ron Beck uh, definitely does need to work on his uh, conditioning. Because you mm-hmm. can tell when the with Cesaro a couple of weeks ago, you can tell he was he was he was blown up. You know, Cesaro made him work. <laughs> yeah. Cesaro. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, the three biggest matches on the card, and honestly, I would say probably looking at it, looking at this unbiasedly. I mean, I know we give Cena a lot of shit on this show. Unbiasedly, the matches that should be the three best on the card, with the amount of time that they're given. Let's start with the ladder match for the Intercontinental title and personally the one that I'm probably looking forward to the most because we know Ziggler can put in show-stealing performance after show-stealing performance. Harper's done the same without having the level of opportunity that Ziggler's had to do this. And now he's put into a match where if they give this the time that it needs, give it 10, 12, 15 minutes, this will be a match that people are talking about going into 2015 and could be a launching pad for both of these guys' careers in 2015. Uh, Jimmy C., why don't you go ahead and start us off here? You know, I just thought about my pick and the reason that I was going to give it, and I realized that I broke a rule for that pick with a previous pick. Uh, I was going to say I'm going to give it to Harper here because you always lose in your hometown. And then I realized I picked Miz to win his match. And I go, uh-oh, conundrum. But uh, I think Miz wins because of the storyline. Ziggler loses here because I think they want to continue between Ziggler and Harper. They really haven't gotten to have much of a singles uh, competition yet, and I think it could be a lot of fun. The only reason, or the other reason I think they uh, want to take Ziggler or not take Ziggler out of this storyline but not give him the title is maybe they push him a little further and put him in the heavyweight picture, or the heavyweight title picture, maybe make him one of the you know final four at the Rumble, make him look really strong, and go on to do something else with someone else. Maybe it's Harper, maybe it's not, but I just don't see him winning this match Sunday. In regards to your thought process about Ziggler, and I like it, and here's another thought for you too. I think that if there's one guy on the WWE roster that could drag a match out of Brock Lesnar that fans would be talking about for years, it might be Dolph Ziggler. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think don't, I don't and I think that the and I think that the fans are enough behind Ziggler at this point now, where we kind of saw this same kind of transition for Ambrose going towards Lesnar eventually down the road if Lesnar signs another contract, which we don't know if he will or won't. The day after WrestleMania is his last day in the company, so we'll see what happens going forward. But I think that Ziggler Lesnar is money waiting to be printed. Uh, Warren, it's the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. It's Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler. Who you got? I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Harper to retain the title. I mean, I All think right. Ziggler is out there, and I think. Wait, what? Oh, no, go ahead. You were about to answer what I was about to ask. Oh, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask why. Oh, you know, I think Ziggler's going to go out there and he's going to have a star performance. But uh, I think, uh, I know you guys don't watch SmackDown, but the past few SmackDowns, the first match they had, it ended on a DQ. Second match, it ended on a countout. 
or I actually got that backwards. But anyway, you had a DQ finish, you had a countout finish. They really need to make Luke Harper look strong. And this is the opportunity to do it. So Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Well, we said the same thing about Eric Rowan here. So this is the singles coming out party, as it were, for the two former members of the Wyatt family then? Yeah, I think yeah. these guys both get signature wins on their resume going forward. Tony, same question. I see yeah. title ladder match. Yeah, I agree. I think Harper. this is Harper's to win. Also, um, Ziggler, if they do this right, Ziggler can walk out of this match and still be um, a bigger star. We've seen it before where you're in a lower title match, you lose, and yet you're still in the main event like the month following that. Um, and I think I, I think if they do it right, they could do that with Ziggler. He's, uh, I'm not saying he's above the IC title, but I am saying that he should be at this point. And hopefully they agree because of the little the little speech he was able to give, the the win at the Survivor, at Survivor Series, uh, all that stuff is has got to lead to something. Because if it's just if they're just doing it to appease us, then they're doing it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go with Harper winning, but Ziggler hopefully looking pretty damn good leaving. I can't see Ziggler not looking good leaving after a ladder match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I was just about to say that it's, Ziggler has kind of that Shelton Benjamin quality to quality to him, where if, even if he doesn't win the match, he's the guy you're talking about afterwards. Oh, yeah, and, Harp, and Harper is no no damn slouch, man. That that dude could go. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going, to make, I'm going to make a very bold prediction here. I think Ziggler will be the title back. No, you're that happens at the moment. Oh, so I'm back. I think comes Zig- back at the Rumble. No, as far as the match goes, though, I think I think Ziggler gets the title back here, and the reason I say that is because this will be, assuming there's nothing screwy going on in regards to interference from Corporate Kane or Seth Rollins or anybody else who may or may not get involved in this match, because God knows this match could be overbooked to hell and back if they really wanted to. I think yeah. this is Ziggler's one-on-one opportunity with the title on the line in a match that favors him. Ziggler's smaller, Ziggler's more agile, Ziggler's more athletic. The latter match favors Ziggler, and it's his chance to get back the Intercontinental title that he was screwed out of at the uh, at the pay- at our the episode of Monday Night Raw going into Survivor Series. I think Ziggler wins the belt back. Well, physically, this match actually favors Luke Harper more because Luke Harper's taller. He's taller, and the use of weapons favors him. Mm-hmm. All right, but Ziggler's going to be faster and more agile and able to get up a ladder much quicker than Harper is. And if he gets up the ladder much quicker, Harper is much more prone to push it over. You can see both sides of this match here, and that's one of the things that makes us really look forward to this one. It's, it should be really good. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree here. If Harper wins at the TLC, I'm going to run to wherever you're sitting at the pay-per-view and go, hey, look, I told you, I told you, fat-ass champion. I'm going to leave. I just want to see them exchange super kicks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great. It's going to turn into a damn Young Bucks match. Anyways. (laughs) All right. Um... John Cena, Seth Rollins, and uh, yes, I'm saving the last match for a reason. John Cena, Seth Rollins. Uh, Warren, start us. 
I'm going to say John Cena, unfortunately. Um, okay, is there a particular reason as to why? Well, really, I think they booked themselves into a corner. I mean, you can't really, you can't have Seth Rollins lose. Or, I mean, you can't have Cena lose at this point. Um, and if the rumor for Cena Lesnar is true, then you want to keep Cena strong. And what other way to do that than to defeat Seth Rollins, who's hot right now? All right. Tony, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Um, I don't believe that they would have added the stipulation that they did if um, they didn't want... This This is different than Survivor Series, where it randomly gets added and everyone's going to be fired if in the event that, um, you know, they don't win. I think this is a little bit different. I think this is their uh, attempt to uh, hopefully uh, change up what is what we all know to be stale. I don't believe anybody wants to see Cena versus Brock. Um, and I'm hoping that they're going that route wherein they're going to alter that uh, match. And the only way they can do that, uh, not not necessarily the only way that they can do that, but they've, they've booked a match in which they can do that by having him lose. How will he lose? I'm not sure. But I assume that however he loses will be the next program that he enters because this whole against Rollins thing, I mean, remember where it started and how little he has to do with Rollins. I mean, it's just, I don't know. They, they, we, nobody wants to see this. <laughs> I think this entire match is a waste of Seth Rollins at this particular show. Yeah. I think there were bigger and better fish for Seth Rollins to fly here, and I think that you needed to keep Seth strong since he has that briefcase. And I'm going to agree with Tony here, and Seth Rollins wins. He doesn't do it anything resembling cleanly. Well, as cleanly as you can win in a tables match, I suppose. But I think that there's going to be a crap ton of outside interference. And honestly, the man that I think that might end up playing the key role in this match may very well end up being the man that faces Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight title at the Royal Rumble. And that is Randy Orton. All right. So Randy Orton returns. Randy Orton returns, and interference somehow backfires, and that leads to maybe an episode of Raw where it's Orton and Cena for the number one contendership, and Orton beats Cena, and gives us Raw and gives us Orton Lesnar at Royal Rumble because I think that's the match to go with for the Rumble because. There's money in that match and the fact that it's never happened on WWE television. And to my knowledge, it never happened down in the developmental either. Uh, Jimmy, who you got? Oh, man, this is tough because you guys threw out good ideas and now I want to say what I wasn't going to say. I'm going to stick with my original pick and go Cena here. However... I'll make a bold prediction, and that's if Cena loses by whatever stretch of the mind it is, whether it's through interference or, you know, just 
maybe uh, maybe Rollins wins it clean. My idea here is Cena loses, Rollins, you know, next night talks about, one week from tonight talks about how he won and how he should be the number one contender. Cena comes out and goes, well, I had him beat the first time and you interfered, and that's why I'm not the champion. Lesnar comes out and goes, uh, you're both jabronis, and I'll face you both at Rumble. We have a triple threat match at the Rumble for the World Heavyweight Championship. That's my bold prediction. I actually like that. I, I, I think there's something to be said there, although though it does kind of take Rollins out of the Rumble, which you had anticipated as well. Yeah. So no Orton, not yet. I think he returns at the Rumble. I think he returns. I think Reigns returns. And... God, Shelton Benjamin still got me laughing. <laughs> are you, are you telling me you wouldn't pop for Shelton Benjamin returning at the Rumble? Nope. Oh, I I would not only because if he returns for one night, it would be to do a spot saving himself from elimination, which Kofi has remastered the guard of. Therefore, he is unneeded. I think if they bring somebody back, it might be uh, Scott Hall. Or maybe, uh, oh, I don't Kevin I don't Nash? For the Rumble well, match. Kevin Nash would tear a quad answering the phone for the match. Yeah. <laughs> I think Scott Hall is going to be the return person. It's a big surprise. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe he's here for the Rumble. I'm going to say Scott Hall now. Calling it, boys. Very well. All right, gentlemen. I saved this match for last for a reason. The pay-per-view is called Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, and I honestly feel the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match should main event the show. Therefore, the last match we discuss, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Tony. Uh, Ambrose is going to win. I'm not sure why they or why they feel that Wyatt can lose and lose and lose and not be damaged. Maybe it's because of the mystique of his character. I disagree, um, but that's what I think that they feel. And so I feel that Ambrose is going to win this match. The only the, the only way I see him not winning is if they continue this storyline, which I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if they kept it going. Um, because, you know, the, the chair thing happened and then we had the promo tonight, but that's kind of it. This is a possibility. This is the opportunity to dive more into Bray Wyatt as a character. Um, and, and, and it'd be nice if they did that. However, um, you know, considering the fact that they have a, a very short-sighted way of seeing things, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But in terms of who wins, I think Ambrose is going to win. Uh, maybe that's the fan in me. You know, you get those matches where you're like, you logic is out the window and you just go all, you know, fanboy on them. And I'm not talking about AJ, like me claiming AJ is going to win every match. That's just me doing me. But in regards to an actual fan of wrestling, you're like, yeah, Ambrose is definitely going to win this one. Look at look at all the stuff Wyatt's done. Like for a minute, just for a second, you stop looking at logic and and just say, yeah, fuck yeah, Ambrose is going to win. And I, I kind of like that feeling, so I'm going to stick with it. Jimmy C. Harry, do you remember last month when we did our Survivor Series predictions? Oh, here we go. And you said something that I said wouldn't happen until Sunday, this Sunday. You remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember the that? I'm glad you remember that because Ascension. I'm bringing the that up now. The Ascension. The Ascension is the new Wyatt Debut. Family. Debut is the Ascension. The Wyatt family at TLC. Just like I said, it will happen. It will happen this Sunday because Wyatt 
needs that new following, I think. I think now that he's uh, shown that vulnerability, I think he goes out, finds a new group to lead. It is the Ascension. They come in. They beat the crap out of Ambrose. Wyatt picks up the win. It's going to be the Ascension. Calling it now. Cool. Warren? I'm going to pick Wyatt to win because I think they could uh, extend the storyline longer. I'd like to see it end. I don't want to see it end at TLC. I want to see I want to see them extend it and possibly have it end in a cage or something like that. I don't think a TLC match is the way to end the rivalry, personally. I'm picking Wyatt to win because Ambrose got the advantage tonight. And that's usually how this type of thing works, so... I'm going to go with Wyatt. It doesn't work that way for every match, though. (laughs) (laughs) If I didn't think that this was going to be the main event of the show, I would almost say that they would have to go with a a fuck finish and have nobody win. But unfortunately, given the fact that this is probably going to be the main event of the show, (sighs) Jimmy called it last month. Yes. The Ascension debuts at TLC and help Wyatt pick up the win. Um, Harry, I have another bold prediction. I don't think this main event. I think Cena no, and uh, Rollins either. Yeah, I think you're Cena's picking John. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop! You're picking John Cena being the main event guy as a bold prediction. Do you not know how bold predictions work? <laughs> you, you, you said this is going to be the main event. I don't think so. I think Cena Rollins will, will main event. Okay, that's fine. You're welcome to feel that way, but it's not a bold prediction. No. <laughs> uh, guys, we're already 25 minutes over our on air time, so well, we might as well just go ahead and do this now. Let's go ahead and hit the final reaction, shall we? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, we lost the time. I'm wrong. We we lost the fat ass champion. Oh, he can't come back because we're over It's the final take. I I played that just for you, Tony. I hope you're happy. I'm I'm ecstatic. What do you say we let the new guy go first? All right. All right. Do you know how the final reaction works, Warren? Yeah, basically, I'm supposed to give a great letter to the show, and I tell my what I thought I liked, what I liked most about Raw, and what I disliked. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's hit it. Your favorite moment on tonight's episode than... of Monday Night Raw. You got it better than I do. My favorite moment on Raw would have to be the ending melee. I'm I'm just a fan of I'm a fan of Carnage. I am. I, I, I All right, you're weak. Huh? Oh wait, what? Oh no, go ahead, go ahead and continue. I thought you were done. I thought that melee did a really good job of selling the pay per view. I mean, you saw everything that we're gonna see Sunday. You saw tables, ladders, and chairs, and stairs, which I really think that oh, name my. is little tagline is stupid, but yeah. You saw everything that you're going to see Sunday. It made me want to see the pay-per-view. Well, you're going to be there live, so you seeing the pay-per-view kind of was already going to happen no matter what. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Regardless. Um, 
your least favorite part of tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say Roman Reigns winning Superstar of the Year. It is a tie between that. It's it's a tie. It's a tie between Roman Reigns winning Superstar of the Year and the Team Authority versus Team Cena winning Match of the Year. So you don't like the way that the voting went in the slammings. Okay, that's fair enough. Your overall letter grade for tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw and why? I will give it a B minus. No, just a B. A straight B. As opposed to a crooked B? <laughs> no, I, I give it a B because, I mean, um, you had some high point. You had more high points on this show than low points. And the guest host was more involved, you know, more so than a lot of guest hosts are. So that's why I give it a B. I can't really give it that B plus because I kind of felt like it was clustered with all the slammies and the go-home raw and everything. I felt you're trying to throw a lot of stuff on in a three-hour period, and it just didn't work out that way. 